Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us. So if you're here with us for the very first time, hey, if you're a guest with us, we're so honored. Whether you're watching online or you're sitting inside of our church today, you're our honored guest. We're so glad that you made it out today. I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Here's why, as I know, when you come to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So we always invite you to come back a few times, and hopefully this can be your spiritual family. If you're watching online, we'd love for you to do us a few things really quick. Would you leave a comment, like, or share it? Just, you know, kind of be engaging in the uh, the feed there. It helps us get through some of the algorithms to get the message of Jesus out. And then if you're in here today, take out your phone and check in on Facebook or uh, maybe send a text to someone. Let them know you're in church, and they should be too as well. We are uh, in the middle of a series called Do-Over. Everybody say Do-Over. And uh, the reason we're doing that is because if you and I probably could go back in time and do some things different, I think you would. I mean, if you look back on 2020, how many of y'all remember like what 2020 was like? How many of y'all would like to forget 2020? And so most of us are trying to forget 2020. But if you could think back to January of 2020 and you knew what was coming, right? Like if you knew what was coming, you had a little crystal ball or you had a little bit of like you're like, I know what's going to happen. You would do some things over uh, than you maybe you did throughout the year. And so what we did is we merely we kind of made a series about it. So we're picking up a few topics throughout the, the month of January just to give us an idea of like, hey, if you could do over a few things in your life, how can we have a better 2021? And so last week we talked about doing over your health and talked about really, you know, no one likes to talk about it, but most people are thinking about it right now. Like how can we be healthier in the new year? And so I highly encourage you to check out our, our YouTube channel or go back on social media and watch watch it, uh, or our, our podcast, um, it was, uh, I thought it was really, really good, but, um, but then again, I preached it. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I think we're all good, but anyway, my wife's like, they're not, so I, I get it. Um, but, but this week, we're going to talk about a different topic that I think, man, honestly, if, I'm, if, if, if you can lock in on anything this year, this could be it. And so I'm going to give you the idea of what we're talking about in Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10, if you're new to the Bible or, or Christianity or church at all, the Bible is um, is a complicated book. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a complicated book. So um, it's got a lot in it. And if you don't know how to read it or don't know where things are in the Bible, you can get confused. And so the Bible is broken up into two main categories, the Old Testament, which is kind of in the beginning, and then the uh, the New Testament, which is it splits kind of, kind of in half-ish. It's not really, but kind of in half. But the back half of the book starts with the New Testament. It starts with the Gospels, and it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they are what we call the the Gospels or the life of Jesus. And Luke is a, they're all specific, so they all have different um, authors from different backgrounds with different intents to a different audience. So Luke is writing, he's a physician, he's writing a very scientific book, very detailed, it's the most complicated of all the Gospels, very detailed book, and he's writing it for, he's been commissioned by a person to write this, and so he's writing it for this person. And he's writing it because he wants us to see a lot of the detail of the life of Jesus. And Luke chapter 10 is interesting because at this point, Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. He had a three-year ministry. So he's in the middle of his ministry. And he tells right before what we're about to read, he tells a story, uh, a parable. They call it a parable, but it's really just a story. It's a fancy story. And it's a story about the Good Samaritan. How many, do any of you know what the Good Samaritan is? Has anybody ever heard of that story? I mean, most people kind of heard that story. There's hospitals written uh, or, or, you know, started with the name, the kind of Samaritan on it, Good Samaritan. And Really, the point of the story of the Samaritan was 
there was a guy who was hurt and was, was really injured. And, and he tells a story of people walking by this injured guy and no one stops to help him until another guy stops. The good, come on, the good Samaritan stops to help him. And uh, it's a Samaritan, which is actually a people that the Jews didn't like and didn't, they, they, were, they were actually kind of enemies. And so he's telling this story because he wants people to realize, you know, man, we should be good to those who are hurting. But there's a, there's a backstory to it that most people don't catch. And he reinforces this back kind of principle in the next real-life story that happens with him and two people called Mary and Martha. So, so I'm going to give you an idea of what it is in just a minute. But Luke chapter 10, it's, a good, it's good that you know context, right? Because sometimes in the Bible, you just pick out a verse and no one knows what's going on. This is kind of what's going on. So he gets done telling the story, and then he goes to a village, and that's where we pick it up in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It'll be up on the screens if you don't have it. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha, first character, welcomed him into her home. Verse 39, it says, And she and her sister called Mary. So we have two characters inside the home and this is what they were doing who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word so Jesus is sitting down Mary and Martha are at his feet and they're listening which was a custom they listened they were listening to Jesus tell a story they were listening to Jesus talk in his word and then verse 40 says but Martha was distracted everybody say distracted now, I know for most of us in here, this probably doesn't mean anything to you because no one nowadays is really distracted by little tiny screens on their phones with notifications, emails, texts, social media, Fox News, CNN, your, your mother-in-law, your sisters, your brothers, your cousins, your mama, your neighbor, your dog. Everything is coming on your phone. This is not for you, right? <laughs> for someone else. With all her preparations, she came up to him and she said, Lord, I like this, Lord, do you not care? How many of y'all have this family member? Do you not care that my sisters let me do serving all by myself? I'm making the eggs. I'm making the bacon. I'm making the tortillas. I'm on this kitchen all by myself, and everybody else is sitting there watching home movies, playing PlayStation, and she ain't helping nobody. You tell her to help me. This is all about you anyway. Jesus, of course, responds to the panic and anxiety in her voice. Says, Martha, Martha, no problem. I'm going to get her to leave me where she should be and go help you with the things that don't really matter. Martha, sure. Let me pull her from the Son of Man, God in flesh, who is actually eating at your house in your presence, which is the most important thing. And you go and take her to do the urgent thing that you seem to be distracted by. Jesus appeases her request. Wait, hold on. That's, that's wait, I, read, I misread it. <laughs> Actually, the Bible says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're, there's our word again. You're distracted. I, I was listening to a great preacher. He's a better preacher than I am. Most are. He was, I like listening to him. And he, he said, he said, if the, if Satan can't kill you, he'll distract you. Say, so if he can't get you down, he, he kind of, he's kind of a, can I say, he's kind of a punk, you know? And so he knows he can't win, but he's going to do everything he can, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like he knows, he knows. And so one of his ways, he's going he's to distract you with many things. Verse 42, but the only thing that is necessary, but one thing, he said, one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha's issue is our issue. 
Martha's issue was, was one of time. How do we see time? Prioritizing, maybe prioritizing the urgent, come on, at the expense of the important. Now, I'm not going to make you say it out loud. But if you had to maybe close your eyes, we're not going to do that, but, you know, if you had to close your eyes and think about all the things that you and I waste our time on because we mismanaged our time, we, we probably could make a pretty big list. And what's funny about the Bible, the Bible's the only book that, that, that reads you. When I read the Bible... I see it in, in, in what, it's fine. I'll read stuff and I go, that's me. And so every time I read this story, I, I look at her, I'm like, he wasn't saying Martha Mar. He's saying, Aaron, Aaron. You know, you're worried. You're distracted. Many things. If you're taking notes today, the title of my message is how to do over your time. How, how, to, how to do over your time. Let's pray. Father, I, I pray, God, Lord, I know. Holy Spirit, you're here. Every day I stand on this platform. I'm humbled and I'm honored because I don't deserve it. And yet you asked me to preach your word. And I pray with all that's in me that although I've prepared notes, God, you have a special word for us and an individual word, a personal word that, that, that as we, we speak about you, that would maybe it become so relevant that we walk out of your different. May we see you differently today and walk out of your change in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, how many of y'all right now remember high school? Just raise your hand. Y'all remember what high school was? Y'all remember the feeling of high school? Do you remember the smell? Some of y'all are not in high school right now and you're like, I want out. <laughs> but I want you to know, like, um, I, I, really, I, I really miss high school. Those were some simple days, y'all. Do y'all remember the simple days of high school when your biggest issue was studying for a test? Or, you know, whether or not you wanted to, what, what, what you were going to eat at school lunch. Or whether you were going to get beat up after school for mouthing off to the school kid or so. You know what I mean? Like there was some simple issues and simple thoughts and simple flows of life. And what I found interesting about, you know, um, High school for me was, it was, I had one priority and one priority only, and that was to get a date, y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted a date. I was not the healthiest kid. I showed y'all my picture last weekend of, like, how I looked. You know, I was not the most good looking. I was not the muscular kid. I was kind of a dorky punk rock kid, kind of emo, a little just, you know, didn't have no friends. And, but I really loved God, you know, and my mom used to tell me all the time, it's okay, honey, as long as you love God, you know, and I'm like, but I want more people to like me other than God, mom, you know, and, you know, I'm like, I just want a girlfriend. And so, um, so, so I thought, I had this idea, I thought, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get myself a car, because if I get a car, y'all don't even know this, like, bef like, when you get a car, you go to another level, right? You go to, you go to another level of, of attraction, so what I did is I saved up my money, and I bought a 1986 Honda CRX hatchback, four-cylinder, two-and-a-half speed, I mean, it was powerful, <laughs> and I bought it, and it was so good that, that well, it wasn't that good because I still didn't get a date. And so what I felt like is what was missing is 
um, during that time, the Fast and the Furious stuff started to kind of come out and started to be cool. And so what I started to do is I started to modify my Honda CRX. So I started like painting like parts of my car neon green, like my windshield wipers and my center console. And I started doing all these kind of weird things. I got the big muffler that makes really large, large, loud, obnoxious sounds, which people in Texas who have trucks who seem to think they're so stinking cool driving by my neighborhood as I'm hanging out outside with my kids, hitting the gas, going, and I'm like, that's obnoxious as they're driving away. I invented that. So I wanted it in my car. I had my little car. And so one time I got, so I got all this thing together and I asked this girl out on a date and guess what y'all? She didn't say no. She said maybe. And so I convinced her eventually to say yes. She says yes. She gets in my car. We drive and go on a date. I'm on a date with this girl and we get to the stoplight. And I don't know if you're like me, but when I get to a stoplight, guys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We get to the stoplight and I'm waiting and the car, this car next to me pulls up. And it pulls up to me, and it, it's, it does the thing that guys do. We do this, guys. He pulls just a little further ahead than my bumper was. And I felt like, you know what? Let me just tell you something right now. This is not happening. It's taken me like 15 years to get a date, and I ain't not losing to this person next to me right here, and she's going to be impressed. So I'm moving a little bit ahead. So she moves. And then so, 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 so when I moved a little bit ahead, she looked at me, and I go, that's right. We're not losing. And so he pulls a little bit ahead. And then I pull a little bit ahead. Then he revs his engine. And then guess who else revs his engine? This guy. I rev my engine. I start revving my engine. He revs his engine. The light turns green. We hit it. Now, I, I didn't have a very fast car. He obviously blew me off the line. But I tried to catch up. So I'm hitting into two and a half gears. I told you I got into at least two gear. I got into second gear. I'm getting up into that thing. It's starting to move quickly. And what I did not realize, because I was enamored by the girl, because finally there's a girl in my passenger seat. I can see this girl. She's right there. She's starting to have this smile on her face. I'm like, that's right. I'm impressing her. I'm like with my, you know, with I'm, I'm showing her that I'm a man. And so I'm driving. I get distracted. I did not realize as I was driving, the, car, the, the, the street starts to turn. There's a turn coming up. I didn't see the turn. I didn't pay attention to the turn. All I cared about is that I got my car, uh, my little hatchback, my little coupe, my little, I wish it was a go-kart car. I got it going fast. And I did not see the turn coming. And I slammed my car, my little car that didn't weigh nothing, right into the... Uh, um, the, the curb and so uh, stopped my car immediately instantly and she started screaming and you know we didn't know what was going on so I hit the curb and I sat there for a minute and realized well that was dumb you know you can't all do some things in your life where you go that's just dumb you know what I'm saying I, I had a dumb moment drove her home because obviously the date was done after that she wanted to go home she asked me to take her home so I took her home and um, I drove home but what I realized about my my car when I hit that curb this is funny this is crazy as I was driving it the car kept pulling to the right and this car didn't have no power steering so like if you anybody ever have a car with power without power steering right now like that is the worst ever thing right and so i'm trying to use two hands to crank the car steering i'm driving like this right down the road because i'm literally being pulled off the road and i i did that for a couple of months because well i'm a you know i'm broke car, car you know high school kid and so i'm driving finally get it to the to the mechanic the mechanic goes i know your problem it's easy. He said, you've gone through a couple of tires. I said, how did you know that? I said, yeah. He said, how long have you been driving? I said, a couple of months. I went through some tires. Went through some, some, you know, just a bunch of little things I had to fix on my car. And he goes, the problem is your alignment. He said, if, you're, if your car's out of alignment, it damages your tires, and it always tries to pull you off the road. And, and, and if you don't fix it, you'll always be pulled off the road. Now, 
I've been a pastor for you know, almost two decades now. Talk to a lot of people. What's funny about people is that they, they never ask me to help them with the root causes. They always ask me to help them with the fruit causes. So, like, I'll give an example. Somebody comes to me, like, regular, like, pastor, I, I just lost my job again. And I'm like, well, tell me what happened, you know, and we'll walk through it and help them get another job or, you know, get them some insight to some different things. And, and what's funny is they come back, pastor, I lost my job again. Pastor, I lost my job again. And then I'm like, okay, at some point, we got to talk about you. Because I know nobody comes to me and goes, I'm the problem. <laughs> no one starts off with that. Like they come about, let me tell you why my boss is crazy, my wife don't listen, and my kids are all nuts. <laughs> pastor Jason, uh, our executive pastor, he has this great statement. He said, if it's everyone else, it ain't everyone else. <laughs> and so he, and people come to me, and they never start with them, but eventually we get to them, and we found out that the reason you lost your job now and before and before and before is because you don't value coming to work on time and staying the whole time. You, you, you come in late and you leave early. They talked to you about it. You didn't change. And then you got fired and you said it was their fault. So, so what you have is a, is a time management life alignment issue. If you don't fix this, your life will be consistently pulled off the road. So, so I'm just telling you, like most people, this, not you guys, other churches that I've been at, most people struggle in the area of time management. And when you don't have that in order, your life is always going to be pulled off the road. You're never going to you're going to be you're going to be trying to fix the fruit when the root is really time. Martha's issue was time. You 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 have you have prioritized the wrong thing. You've neglected the right, the right thing. A couple of facts about time here is this. Number one is it's finite. Now, most of us don't treat it like that. We think we have all the time in the world. And the younger you are, the longer you think you got. Right? Isn't it true? Some of y'all, like, who, maybe y'all, y'all are some, some season flow in here, right? Y'all, y'all got, like, got a little bit of that salt and pepper going on in your hair. And you're different now than you were before. Because if you remember back when you were 20, you thought you were going to live forever and nothing can touch you. Then you went through, through some things and you realized you're not invincible, right? And now you look at time as a little more about, you're like, hmm, I'm coming around the corner, y'all. I got to make some things done, right? So you think of it differently because you now realize that, that time is finite. You realize I don't got it all the time in the world. Second thing about it is that it's all going to be used. You, I've noticed this about, y- y'all remember back when cell phones first came out, they had that thing called rollover minutes? Y'all remember that? Does anybody remember that? Like, that's a funny thing. It's like, you know, back when you remember when you just rent a video from Blockbuster? Like, the, the, but there used to be a thing called rollover minutes. And the rollover minutes was this. You could take the minute, they, they would give you a block of time for your cell phone. Kid, teenagers right now, they were like, what? It wasn't no unlimited? No, it was called limited. And they would give you time... So they say you get 100 minutes or whatever, you know? And so what you would do is you'd have 100 minutes and you'd have to pay attention. You couldn't stay on the phone all night talking to your boo, all right? You had to watch <laughs> what your time was. And so they would calculate your minutes. And then if what was really cool is if you were good enough, you would keep your minute. Like you'd be under 20 minutes and you can roll it over to the next month. So instead of 100 minutes, now you had 120 minutes. <laughs> then you can talk to your boo all night, right? <laughs> 
and so you, 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 you had what's called rollover minutes. There's no rollover minutes in life, I realized. There's only 24 hours in the day. I don't get 26 hours. I can't not use 24 today, and then I get another 25 tomorrow. Like, no, 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 I only have a certain amount of time. There's no rollover. There's no time savings account. I can't save time and use it when I'm bored or I'm out of time of stuff. The last thing is this. Not only will they be used, they'll be used by someone. Someone will dictate how those are used. So either you're going to choose it, or if you're like most people in the world struggling in this area, other people will use it. Other people will tell you where your time is going to, to be. Now, if that's the truth about time, if time is finite and time, there's no rollover, and, and, and if someone's going to use it, and if it matters so much that it's a root cause of a lot of our issues, then we need to know, come on, we need to know how to do over. I'm going to give you two thoughts on this real quick as I, as I wrap up today. Two thoughts on how to do over your time in 2021. I think if we can get this right, we're going to be all right. Uh, number one is this. Manage your time uh, wisely. Everybody say wisely. wisely. Now, here's what's funny about that. We don't like doing that. Well, we like to man- Here's how we manage our time. We manage our time feelingly, Lee, 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 Lee. So give an example. Okay. It's not, this never happens to me. Someone comes up and asks me if I want to do something. I don't think wisdom. I think, do I even like this person? I think, do I want to go do that? I think, is there time in my schedule? And you would think those are all good questions. And they are good questions as long as they're after the main question. And that is, would a wise person do this? What does wisdom say? Not how do I feel? Not do I like them. Not do I even if I want to do it. Would a wise person do it? Ephesians chapter 5 is a letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus to us. Okay, He's writing to a church. Thriving city. Probably had good food. Celebrated fiesta on a regular basis. Come on, I mean, it was a good city. He's writing to us. He's saying, look, look carefully then how you walk. Not as... Unwise, but wise. He said, making the best use. It's funny. I feel like Paul sometimes writes stuff, and then he says, let me make sure I'm clear. Be wise. Here's where I want you to be wise. Making the best use of your, there's our word. Everybody say time. Time, Yeah, yeah. No, come on, like you got Red Bull and you're happy to be here. Say time. Okay, so time. Make best use of your your, your time because the days are evil. Now, I don't know if you watch CNN or Fox News lately, or if you looked at social media, some days are evil right now, y'all. And so if the days are evil, then, then we have to really be careful and understand that man, there's some, some time issues and we got to be we got to be wise, not not ask silly questions about the issue until we ask the question about the issue, which is would a wise person do this? How do we be wise? The biggest thing I would say is wise people always ask. I've noticed they ask should instead of they could. They don't ask could. They don't ask if they got a possibility. They don't ask. They ask, should I do this? They cross-reference whether or not they're going to do something and spend their time on something as long as they cross-reference it with their purpose. I've just noticed that. Like, the more successful you are, the more wise you are, I've noticed when you make a decision, you don't just say yes to everything. Mm Mm-mm. No, you don't. In fact, I've tried to convince you of doing things, and you still say no. I'll give you money. You don't say no. You say, you say no. You don't say yeah. Unless it gets you towards your purpose, you don't do it. Why? Because the more successful you are, the more valuable your time is, and you realize you ain't got it all to spend. Ain't anybody going to take it from you. You're going to make it for you. Come on. The only way you can really ask should and could is if you learn how to say this weird word, I know, I know, I know. It's a weird word. This might be offensive to a few people. 
please forgive me. I'm going to teach you a word today. It's powerful. And it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to take a risk, Josh. I'm going to say it. If you guys can say this word in 2021, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. Here's the word. It's gonna, we're all going to say it, and it's going to be fun. But the word is no. Now, I know a lot of you haven't heard that in a while because you don't even know what that is. Because there's a lot of people pleasers in the world. If you're a people pleaser like me, please raise your hand. Like, so I'm not alone. Okay, you got a couple of them. One, two, three. The rest of y'all, you know, Jesus is watching you. I'm sorry. Uh, and so, uh, so like, because I'm a people pleaser, and I like when I'm, I like to be liked. Anybody who said, like, I don't care if I'm liked, you're lying. Yes, you do. And so, like, like the, we like to be liked. And so I've noticed when somebody asks you to do something, in order for you to be liked by them, a lot of times we say that weird word. We say the, the word we love to say, the, the, the word, the other word, the opposite. We say, yes. Yes and amen. Ten times. What do you want? Absolutely. Fill it up again. Like, yes. You know, we just, whatever. You know, we just, we say yes. Wise people, I've just noticed, wise people say no all the time on a regular basis, and it's kind of frustrating. It's kind of convicting. I like what 1 Corinthians, again, another letter Paul's writing. He says, so, so whatever you eat or drink, and then I feel like he kind of gets into this like, no, because they're going to think I'm just talking about eating and drinking. Let me just tell you, whatever you do, in the Greek, that means whatever you do. <laughs> deep, deep thoughts today. Whatever you do, um, do it to the glory of God. So like, whatever you do, whenever you say yes, you, 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 you best make sure it aligns with your purpose. You best make sure that if you say yes, it's good. It's like, if you say yes, you better make sure you shouldn't say no. Like, I always tell somebody that, I'm like, if you ever get a check in your spirit, this is for young people. If you're, if you're checking, like, if you checked out, you're like, mm, check back in, like, if you're with your parent, elbow them, wake them up. Uh, like, listen to this. There's this thing that happens whenever you know you're about to do something you shouldn't do. And you have it. You know you have it. It's in your stomach. Something there. You're about to do something. And you feel it. If you feel it, don't do it. Even if you could, don't do it. There's some, I like, I call it the Holy Spirit, right? I call, I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it sounds a lot more every day like my wife's voice. And so, uh, <laughs> as I get older, but, but like, you know, <laughs> hello. Uh, but like, if you feel it, don't do it. Have the courage to say no. Have the courage to say no. Guys, if you're, if you're a man, you man. You man, you man, say no. Learn to say no. Learn to tell yourself no. Self-control is, a, is an amazing thing. So here's what's going to happen. This week, somebody's going to come up. They're going to try to take your time. They're going to try to spend your time. And they're going to say in, an, in a way that feels so compelling. And it might be your mama saying, don't you love me? And it, it might be your boss saying, don't you want to raise? And it might be, come on, it might be somebody who used the, they, they, they pull on you, they pull on you. And, and what you're going to do is you're first going to say, does it align with my purpose? And if it doesn't, you're going to say, everybody say this with me on the count. You're going to say that wonderful word. One, two, three. No. There you go. All right, number two. We're going to manage our time with not just wisdom. We're going to manage our time with, with, with margin, with margin. Now, um, everybody say margin. Margin's funny because most people don't know what this is because they don't live with it. 
In fact, most of the world teaches us don't live with margin. Most of, like, I'll give you an example, even with your money. You wanna know why they tell you not? You, credit cards have gone through the roof. Like, that's the best investment in the world for the last 20 years because they, they have capitalized on the idea that you don't need to just live within your means. You should live with outside of your means. Remember back when you used to say live below your means? They're like, live with your means and then some. Forget about layaway. You can buy with a credit card. So we think about it when it comes to margin with money. But let me just tell you, margin and time, you want, if you, how many of y'all in here would just say, watch online, how many of y'all say you want peace? Raise your hand. Just want, I want peace. I want peace. I got deodorant on. I'm proud of it. I want peace. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I want peace. I want, come on. Like, come on. Don't leave me hanging. I'm all by myself. There we go. We got a couple people who don't want peace. That's, in, I'm, you, I'm praying for you. Um, and so I want peace. One of the greatest ways you can bring peace in your life is create margin in your time. Margin is the space between between what we could do and what we should do. It's the amount beyond what is necessary. The amount beyond what is necessary. So you're going to have a necessary, right? Like we got to go to work. You should work. Bible says work. You should work. Go make money. Go work hard. Work. You should work. That's time you have to spend. You nece- that's necessary. That's necessary. There's time that you need to sleep. You should sleep. If you're not sleeping, you are grump- you're grumpy. You're Mr. Grumpy Gills. Please sleep. Go sleep for everybody. Sleep. You need to sleep. There's some necessary, right? There's some necessary moments in time. But then there's, there's some space beyond what is necessary, that's called margin. And what the world tells us is we need to use all of it, all of it, all of it. Live as close to the line as possible. And the problem with that is that when you live like that, you live on what they call the edge. So if you, if, if this stage, right, is, a, is my life, and so there's, there's like the beyond what is necessary. So this is necessary, okay? And then I have this margin space. And the more stuff I put in my schedule that I know I should have said no to, I really felt really bad, and honestly, I felt convicted, and honestly, then I felt guilted, and then all of a sudden, now I'm at my limit. So now, because remember, finite, 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 there's only 24 hours in the day, and now, now, now I'm on edge. And I, I just noticed that, like, if you, uh, have you ever been to, like, a top of a mountain and you get to the edge? I don't live without anxiety on the edge. <laughs> like, I don't set up camp I don't sleep. I don't put a tent. I don't do tricks. If anything, what I do is I go, I'm good. That's all I needed. That's it. But some of us like make life here. And one small mistake, you're off. And when, when you live like that, you stress yourself out. And when you, when you stress yourself out, not many people like you. Because you're stressing everyone else out. Margin is beautiful when it comes to peace. I believe this in my heart. Can I just tell you something? I believe this. I believe most of people in this church right now, you, you would be a, you, you, you would, you desire to be a good parent. I believe that. You would be a good parent if your time would allow it. Better yet, if your time management would allow it. You know what I'm talking about. We've all had that moment in the morning. Kids need to be at school. 7.45. You wake up at 7.40. Now remember, you want to be a good parent. Your heart's right. 
you have a desire, but you wake up at 7.40, and you do this. I'm just kidding. Give me a day of the life of me. I wake up at 7.40. Go, oh! Riley, Kellen, Tyus, Judah, Winston, everyone, come down this And my kids are like, what's going on? They're screaming. I'm like, you ain't got to go to school. We got to go to school. We got to go to school. You get your, pa- get your pants on. Go take a brush your teeth. Go eat your cereal. Go make your lunch. Go do everything on your homework. Make sure you look crazy. Put a comb through your hair and be downstairs. In two minutes, we're leaving. And they're like, I remember one time I was so freaked out. I was freaking him out. My son Judah just sat on the stairs and just started crying. He's like, I'm I'm like, why are you crying? Get up. We got to go to school. So I grab him, throw him in school, right? You slow down about five and a half miles an hour. You open the door. Yeah, I run. Roll. Go. And then, you know, it's always funny. It's like the teachers call you and be like, hey, your your kid was late. Yeah, I know. I'll talk to him. He was wrong. He didn't wake up. He didn't wake up. I saw, I'll talk to his mama. I told her. I told her. I told her. I, you're right. I'll tell her. You know what? Next time, I'll make sure that they, they need to be better with their time management. No, you need to be better with your time management skills. Come on. Like, I, at some point, right, I would be a good parent if my time management skills would allow it. And so because I didn't manage my time well, right, come on, the, 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 the anxiety that I had rolled on to them. Come on. And I, I believe this. I believe I believe most people would do right things if their management time skills was, were right on purpose. I'm not, I, everything. I think even rolling into people would serve at this church if your time management. I was funny. People always laugh at me. They're like, well, you know, Pastor, I want to serve. If I, when I find the time to serve, I'm going to do it. You, ever, you always hear that? When I find the time to do it, I've just noticed people don't, they never find that elusive guy. I haven't found him. Have you found him? I have not found I don't even know what he looks like. I'm not sure if I, if I knew if I did. <laughs> you only they, you make time for stuff like that. I got when I find time to be a good dad. You know I got to work a lot, man. I gotta you gotta understand. I'm trying to start this business. I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying. To, you know my boss is on me all the time. You gotta understand. I have to work past five. When I find the time, I'm gonna go to his game. Again, people come to me. Remember I talked about the message. People come to me. I'm closing. People come to me, and they say, will you fix this? My life's broken. Will you fix this? You're trying fruit, fruit problems. My marriage is on the rocks. My kids don't like me. I'm not making enough money. People don't like me. I don't have any friends. Okay, we could try to fix those things, or we can go to, like, did you honor people with your time? When somebody invites me, I'll just say this, like, if I ever meet with you with coffee and you're late, you, you, it's very rare you'll meet with me again. Somebody needs to hear that right now. You think, you think being late is cute. It ain't cute. I met people all the time. They're like, that's just my personality. <laughs> I, just, I mean, you're so late. People know you're late. You're the late person in the group. They put your stuff. They don't even make you a plate. They just put it in the oven. They know you ain't going to come. Or you made dinner with them, reservations with them. They said, we'll meet you at 7. You don't even show up till 7.30 because you know they ain't going to show up. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's not a joke. When you're late, when you made a commitment, 
Somebody hear me. Listen to me. This should hurt. When you're late and you made a commitment to be there on time and you waste someone's time, it's not a joke. You're the joke. And I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want to be a joke. I want my life to be taken seriously. You, you and I, we, 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 um, just so you know, I had this all week to sit on. So like God's like talking to me the whole time. I'm like, oh, God. Because I struggle with time. This is a personal conviction message that, that like, you know, I struggle with this. Um, there's a great scripture. Proverbs chapter 21. So the desire, there's a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise. So we talked about being wise with our time. He said, but, 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 but the foolish man squanders it. I don't want to be the joke that squanders my time and squanders the time of others. I don't want to be the joke. I'm not the punchline. You were not made to be the punchline of life. You were made to thrive in life. And you can make the decision to value your time. Do it with wisdom and do it with margin. I think 2021 can be better than 2020 because, honestly, there's only one place from here, and that's up. Let's pray. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I, I, I know, I know, I know. God, this is so painful for me. Thank you for teaching me a lesson. Thank you for showing me you love me anyway. Thank you for making me value people's time. Thank you for making me understand that this matters to you. And I pray, Lord, that everything in our life would be lined up with your word and your, your just got your message. We are called to greatness. And I pray that we would answer that call and respond well in Jesus' name.